This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. On this week's Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. Jenkins works on nuclear missile warnings. A pizza topping quiz. Uh, some people should not be allowed to crowdsource. Harry Carey. And Rick's brush with Liesel from The Sound of Music. All that and unlimited tangents on this week's Minutia Men. That is coming up right now. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia Man with Rick and Dave. That's right, Minutia Man with Rick Kemper and Dave Stern is uh, back on the air. And this is, just to take you a little bit behind the scenes, this is our third shot at trying this uh-huh. <laughs> this week yep. because the first time Dave's microphone crapped out eight seconds into the broadcast. Yep. The second time... One second into the broadcast, your wife, Michelle, walked in and started talking to you. Right, right, right. And the third time, we're just going to go for it. And you know what's interesting with my lovely bride, Michelle? Uh, I'm sitting here in front of a computer with a headset on. Okay, yeah. and a microphone. And uh-huh. she's like, beep, beep, beep. like okay, <laughs> Is that your official impersonation yeah, of her? Yeah, right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Look out for the frying pan later on tonight. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, speaking of technical difficulties, um, yeah. you know how I've been mentioning, oh, I don't know, over the last, how many episodes have we done? 41 or something? Yeah, this 50? is the Do 41st. Um, you know how I always mention that I have trouble hearing you in my headphones? Yeah. All right. Well, I discovered something over the weekend. Uh, <laughs> this is going to make me feel better about myself, yeah, isn't it? Right. Uh, yeah, it, it's called Volumi Control. <laughs> it's a little switch on the side of my, my headset here. And I got to tell you, your pipes right now, the richness of your voice coming through <sighs> my ear right now is uh, so I can hear you perfectly now. Um, I'll try not to be too sexy because, you know, sometimes sometimes I (laughs) I can't control it. uh, By the way, we are uh, taping this on Wednesday at 1032 a.m. And I just want to let everybody know that uh, it's Ash Wednesday and first day of Lent. I have given up beer and bread and I'm now 10 hours into this. And I'm not shaking or anything. Right. And you've lost four pounds. <laughs> did, did I ever tell you the story? Um, this was a freshman year at U of I. Um, and evidently, I must not. I mean, I've, I went to grammar school with people who are Catholic. But either I never noticed what, you know, the ash on the forehead. Before, yeah. Uh-huh. And so I was walking to class. Um, and there was a woman walking the other way and I go, excuse me, you've got something on your forehead. And she gave me a look of just horrible disgust. And then I see the next guy and the next guy and the next guy. So is it, do you do, do you get the ash on the forehead? Yeah, I, mean, you, I usually do. I'm uh, going tonight at seven o'clock. Does it wear off? I mean, obviously it wears, yeah. it's not like a, it's not a marker. Yeah. But no, but yeah. My sister came over this morning. She was taking, uh, Sean to school because uh, she teaches at that school. Sometimes she'll come and pick him up. Anyway, mm-hmm. she she had been to six thirty a.m. mass and had the uh, had the cross on her uh, on her forehead already. So, and did you keep it for the entire day then? Yeah, or you're what? not supposed to wipe it off. Really? Yep. Well, you know, I just never ever noticed that until college. Well, now you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, happy. Do you say happy? ash wednesday or what is the uh no not really 
It just is. I guess you can. It's not a bad day. It's the beginning of Lent. We're starting to make sacrifices and stuff to uh, to God. And, you know, I think beer, I think, can we be oh. fair about this? I am actually making a true sacrifice. You're a number one draft pick in God's eyes right now. Yeah, and and when you say draft, you just made me want to have a beer. <laughs> uh, that's what I'm going to do all day. <laughs> actually, for the next 40 days. I think it's more. I think it's like 46 or 47 days or something like that. I'm just going to Instagram. I'm just going to instant message you pictures of me drinking. So tomorrow night, I'm making sausage. We've got the, we have this big... Uh, uh, soccer tournament or soccer banquet on on saturday mm-hmm. night that i'm emceeing and every year we make the sausage for the for this banquet it's make 200 pounds of sausage and i always love going because you know you guys get hammered yeah exactly You're right <laughs> exactly but this year i can't uh is so this schlock sausage fest? may taste better which fest is this is a schlock fest it's schlacht fest yes that's right schlock fest all right it just kind of well, rolls keep, off the tongue it's a beautiful language schlacht fest keep your german tongue handy because our first story rick oh wait yeah okay oh. go ahead yeah oh, go what are you gonna do what do you do you do a jingle because i still can't hear the jingle all right well you tell what jingle would be appropriate for this one? Oh, this would be a jenkins oh okay hang on when you're on the job and you're not doing it right. Jenkins! Time now for Dave to share stories of employee screw-ups. Jenkins! It could only be... Jenkins! Jenkins. With Rick and Dave. Jenkins! All right, Jenkins, what do you got? <coughs> actually, what is the German equivalent? Well, actually, it's an American. But what would be the German equivalent of Jenkins? Schmidt! <laughs> Stop. Well, I'm coughing. I got a cold. I've never had a cold before. Yeah. <laughs> First time ever. Yeah. Um, so it was February 14th, which I believe is in Valentine's Day, isn't it? It is, yes. All right. So was it just a typical day at the United States Air Force uh, base in, you're going to have to help me out here, Spangdalem, S-P-A-N-G-D-A-H-L-E-M. How do you Germanize yeah, Spangdalem. Spangdalem. Okay. Okay. Air Force base in Germany. Um, everything was going fine until all hell broke loose. And what happened at around mid-morning or so, a message, a big red message came up on everybody's screen that said, inbound missile, severity high, seek shelter. Oh, boy. Okay. On everybody's screen. It was like this big – and what the funniest part is, is to, and you probably haven't seen this, it's like this big red screen, and they have like a little um, emoticon next to it like a, a scared emoticon you know instead of the smiley <laughs> really? face but yeah i'm not kidding for real i'm not kidding yes i'm not i'm totally we're all gonna die <laughs> right um so what had happened was the guy that was working on Jen- doing jenkins. the template yeah jenkins or schmidt well it's american um he was working on the template i mean he was doing graphic design playing around with different emoticons uh for the inbound missile uh uh, alert that would happen in case of a of a of a inbound missile. So what he did, he's working on it, and instead of just sending it to like the graphic arts department, oh, he boy. like sent it to everybody in his database. Oh boy! Yeah. All in this um, Air Force base. So um, you know, everybody's running around. Holy crap! One guy reportedly ripped his jeans. Now. 
they shouldn't be wearing jeans, right? <laughs> well, it could have been one of the guys working in the hangar or something, you know. Yeah, whatever. So, I mean, everybody was just freaking out. It took eight minutes before they realized to disregard. And then he sent another um, message <laughs> without the emoticon, though. The first one had the, the wacky emoticon. Uh-huh. And I'm not sure. But this one just said, disregard the missile, please. Yeah. Uh, At least it so, wasn't like, my bad. Yeah, right. With, and then with emoticon with like the, the shrugging shoulders gif or whatever, right? Wow. Yeah. So That is a Jenkins moment right there. Yes. Uh, incoming false missile warning rattles Air Force crew on Valentine's Day in Spagdalem yeah. Air Force Base in Germany. You know, when I was uh, on the radio... That I always had this horrible fear that the emergency broadcasting system thing would go off. Yeah. Do you remember that? Oh, and I've got a story about it, but yeah, go on. Because we, yeah. we had to take a – they don't do this anymore, but before we were a lot on the air back in the early 80s, you had to take a test to show oh, that right. you knew how to work all the controls. You understood the whole radio wave thing, and, and you also had to uh, learn the emergency broadcast system. And I don't know if you can tell this by listening to Dave and I, but we're not too technically adept <laughs> – Yes. And there were like eight buttons that had to be pushed. This one goes up. This one goes down. You know, and and it it shuts down the entire board when it goes off. And I was always scared that it was about to go off. And I'm taking it that it did go off for you once. Uh, it did go off for me once. Uh, it was. And, and do you remember they had like a little digital number, like a four you blew off. Like that's nothing. Right. Mm-hmm. A three. Yeah, you listen to it, yeah, and maybe right. you'll air it. <laughs> and then right. the two is you got to air it, and one is bombs are going off, <laughs> right? Without an emoticon, <laughs> right? Exactly. Those were way pre emoticon days, and I got I was doing a midnight to four shift or something, huge listenership, Rick, and I got a number one. The, the, the buzzer goes off, and I got a number one. I'm like, holy! I'm like, well, at least I'm in a basement. I'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, uh, our radio station was in a basement, um, and it was, uh, and it was, I believe, I can't, I think it was Anwar. Didn't Anwar Sadat get assassinated? Yes, he did. I think that's what it was. Um, I and that, can't that ranked a number one on the emergency yes, broadcast, right? But the Davester couldn't figure out yeah. how to air it so i just blew it off so luckily it was just anwar sadat dying well you know like, that's okay. you committed an fcc violation i probably could have gone to jail yeah or whatever. I, that was what i was always worried about i mean that we also had this thing when i was at the loop on am 1000 that station had a pattern change at night you know it would send the direction of the waves a certain way during the day and then you had to change the tower settings in the middle of the afternoon and when i was with Stephen geary uh, you know that was my job to do that and i was always scared to death because you know i had i had incoming i was always getting yelled at by right, somebody sure. but i always had to remember that even if i was in the middle of getting yelled at i still had to reach over and change the tower lights so that we could uh so that the direction of the pattern would change and it, and if i didn't that was an fcc violation as well how often didn't you do it? There's no way you did it. You had a thousand percent or a hundred percent. No, There's I was. No way. I was at about eighty-five percent, which uh, is pretty good. Yeah, I that's always remembered bad. within like five ten minutes. At some point, after I think I had forgotten three or four days in a row, I 
got an alarm clock and I would yeah. just set the alarm clock every day. Um, but yes, I did must admit, I think the statute of limitations has run out. Uh, we, but you're listening to FCC violators right here on this show today. So I have some minutia for you, Dave. This is going to be a minutia quiz. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Right, we have audio. Time yep. now for a minutia man. Minutia man. Minutia quiz. So this quiz is based on a story I saw uh, about uh, the president of Iceland. The hmm. president of Iceland was talking to uh, some high school students in the town of Akureyri. Jivakik or whatever. <laughs> it's A-K-U-R-E-Y-R-I. Yeah. Akur yeah. or whatever. Uh, according to uh, Iceland Magazine, one of the students asked him his opinion about uh, pineapple on pizza. And the president told the student he was firmly opposed to pineapple on pizza. And, and he added that the only reason that he has not passed a law from keeping pineapple off of pizza is because he's not allowed to. He's not legally allowed to. That's how much he hates pineapple on pizza. So maybe start to think about, you know, what kind of pizza toppings people do enjoy in Iceland and it turns out that uh, Iceland is mostly uh, a meat eating pizza place because it's a difficult to grow vegetables there because it's basically lava ground the ground Iceland. is basically lava and, and you know it's formed into an uh, an island but it's it, it does, they don't grow vegetables very well there so they have to grow them in greenhouses and stuff like that so not many people eat vegetables on their pizza because that's too exotic but now I'm going to quiz you on what some of the to pizza toppings are around the world. All right, okay. pizza is now sure. a universal thing. Uh, I was I'm thinking just Iceland, like uh, seals, like you club a seal and you put the meat on a because there's seals in Iceland, right? Yeah, yeah. All right. but okay, you, you, had going, to, going. you had to go with clubbing the seal. You had to <laughs> yeah. go there. All right. Let's, so I told you that they like meat. So, you know, all different kinds of meat. Let's go with India. See if you can guess what the top pizza topping is from India. I will give you an open forum. If you guess any of these four, you're the winner. Okay. So I just, I'm just. Yeah, just, I'm, name, I'm just name one. Yep. I'm family feuding right now. Yep. Uh, chicken? Nope. The four well, ingredients are... No, no, you only get one shot. All the right. four ingredients uh, that are most popular are pickled ginger, okay. minced mutton, paneer, which is a form of cottage cheese, and tofu. There, I would have gotten none of those. Yeah, I know. How about Russia? Vodka. Not bad, but it's wrong. Their most popular pizza is called a makba, which has tuna, sardines, salmon, oh. mackerel, red herring, and onions. Oh, that sounds yeah. fantastic. That sounds cool. How about Brazil? I would say some sort of nuts. Maybe like a macadamia, or not a, a Brazilian nut, let's say. That's a great guess, but no. Okay. Green peas, corn, oh, raisins, hearts of palm, and hard-boiled eggs. And those bastards beat us in the to get the Olympics. <laughs> exactly. Uh, hearts. Oh my God. That. All sounds... right. Here, here. This will be your favorite pizza right here. Japanese. Japan. Um. 
anchovy or fish i don't know sushi i don't know what eel squid oh, and mayo jaga which is a mixture of mayonnaise potato and bacon well that no that doesn't sound too bad yeah that last the one last sounds one. pretty good um how about so, france um well they're kind of snooty there i would say brie cheese um i'm not gonna give you that nope it's okay. uh the top pizza there is called the tarte flambe bacon onion and fresh cream oh that sounds good that actually does sound good all right what about germany sauerkraut i have had sauerkraut on pizza it's actually quite delicious but no that's not uh that's not it germany's According to this, this is a crock. <laughs> it's a crock because I lived in Germany. I never saw this. But maybe it's changed in the last few years. Popular pizza topping there is canned tuna. I was going to say herring, too, maybe. Yeah, uh, I, I love herring, but I've never had it on pizza. And I'll give you a couple more here. Let's uh, yeah. let's see. Let's go down to uh, let's go down to the Netherlands. Um, I'm going to say with the fish, I'm going to say schmelt. That's a great guess, but you're totally wrong. Grilled lamb, grilled lamb. Also, you can get the double Dutch pizza, which is double meat, double onion and double cheese. So there's something. Do they have like pizza delivery in all these places? I mean, is it like, can, can you call for a mutton pizza in India and get it like in 30 minutes or less. They got pickup. I don't I don't think they have well they didn't when I lived there in Germany. They didn't have delivered pizza, but they did have pickup where you just go and get it. You'd call it in. Um all right, the last one here is um Greece. Oh, euro. Lamb. You would think, but no. It's feta cheese, oregano, olives, fresh tomato, onion, green pepper, and pepperoni. Okay, well, that's good. Now, let me ask you a question. In Europe, yeah. can you get like a 12-inch pizza, or does it have to be like a, you know, whatever centimeter pizza? Do they go by inch? I mean, how do you? Um, do they- the thing about getting pizza in Europe is that most of them are individual pizzas. It's not like here where you get a giant pizza. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You can't get like a, an 18-inch pizza or something, at least not in Germany where I lived. You would just get each person would get an individual pizza. I always got the salami pizza. Well, and that's Germans for you. Yeah. It's the individual. Yeah. <laughs> that would be, right? They don't care a, about the collective. Is that what you're no, saying? Right. Pretty much, yes. Uh, what about what th- about United States? Number one in the United States. Pepperoni and mushroom. Yeah, exactly. All that's right. the that's the average pizza pepperoni and mushroom um all right well we've got do we got a jingle for this one uh we don't we don't have just a generic news jingle do we uh we have a generic uh let me see here uh i think this is generic and now rick and dave can i get one more like rick and dave rick and dave no more like rick and dave and here's rick and dave how about that <laughs> That'll work. That's great. Yeah. Great. Um, you know, and, and I don't know if you've ever thought of this, but being if you're in a terrorist organization. Or, uh, no, you know, I have not thought of this. Uh, well, you ever wonder how they get funded? You know, how where does the money come from for like like ISIS or ISIL or, you know, do you, yeah, do you ever wonder? Like steal. They steal it, don't they? Or Well, yeah. well I, I guess some of them do. But Hezbollah. You know the you know what Hezbollah is. Yes, right? yes. It's 
Um, well, they have decided that they are going to launch a crowdfunding campaign to finance the fight against Israel. Are you kidding me? I am not kidding. Uh, the Iran-backed militia is looking for funds to purchase weapons and other material under the slogan, Money for Jihad is a must. Okay, that is the shittiest slogan <laughs> I have ever heard. All right. They ob- they obviously don't have a Jewish guy in PR working on a clever uh, a clever slogan. Um, Let me tell you, Mister. <laughs> right, right. Uh, well, I've got a couple of slogans. I'm going to tell you in a couple of seconds. Okay. But uh, money for jihad is a must, um, and it's actually been hashtagged on social media. Uh, basically, what this is, it's a crowd, f- and they did not go in the article to say if this is on Kickstarter or whatever or GoFundMe or whatever, but it's a crowdfunding campaign. This is terrible. Where they're taking money for the fight against Israel. Uh, uh, Jihadists who fight in the resistance need clothes and military equipment, um, and this initiative allows you to help. Um, And they actually even had in the crowdfunding, and I did not go on the website. um, Good, because you'd probably be put on some list. And they have like um it's like a catalog of all the things they want to buy there's like an ak-47 on oh there oh my god that's terrible there's a, yeah there's a bunch of there but yeah this is a horrible this is a horrible thing but again the thing that gets me more than anything is that shitty slogan yeah money for jihad yeah. is a money that offends you not as a jew but as a former advertising man master's degree in advertising yeah. rick and uh-huh. i um i used my this may be the first time i've ever used my degree um i came up with a couple of other ones that okay. might be better. Okay. okay. Uh, moolah for Hezbollah. Oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> uh, okay. That's better, right? Uh, I, I do have to tell you that rhyming jihad, very difficult to do. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, so I got to stay away from jihad. And, and I'm not a real big fan of this one, but buku bucks for bullets. Is okay, that okay? Yeah. That's not bad. Uh, it's better and, than and what the, they have. Yeah, and then the American version, if we're going to crowdsource it in, in in america um jackson's for jihad okay you know like okay all right so i'll always make it clear to everybody <laughs> that this is a joke we right, are not right. seriously talking about crowdsourcing uh, for but, the jihads but moolah for hezbollah that's pretty good that's really good <laughs> yeah, that is so, really good that yeah, could be a so, jingle uh well we'll get Vinny to work on it what about the KKK? Do they have something like that? Um, I bet they. Well, there was one. Uh, I don't know if it was the KKK, but it was something like KKK for discriminating tastes. Oh, I remember. Wow. Yeah. Hey, uh, these Jewish gravestones aren't going to push themselves over. That's good. That's good. That is good. <coughs> um, oh, that cough. Did you hear that cough? Yeah. We better this keep on a, going here because I'm worried about you. Yeah. Uh, it's let's move on to our Cubs feature. Time now for a collection of Cub geekness. This is just one bad century with Rick and Dave. Before I get to the Chicago uh, Cubs history portion of this, did you see who's going to be in Dancing with the Stars? I have no idea. No. David Ross, Grandpa Rossi, is going to be one of the stars in uh, in the next in this coming season's Dancing with the Stars. You've got to really hand it to. Ross for parlaying. I would. It's not a mediocre career, but a fairly. I'd say good, mediocre is a fair yeah, assessment. But this dude, the right time, right place. Yeah, you know, and good for him. Yeah, you know, and when you say grandpa, what is he? Forty two or something? I think he's thirty nine. Okay, that's fantastic. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm all for him shilling the public as much as he can. 
I'm, I'm all for it too. Uh, today, this is, we're recording this on March 1st. Today is Harry Carey's birthday. Mm. Harry would be 102 years old today. And the thing I remember most about Harry, and, you know, I loved Harry. I, I love listening to him. Uh, I think I loved him more as a White Sox announcer than as a Cubs announcer, even though I'm a Cubs fan. I think he was at the peak of better, his – he was just better then. Uh, but we didn't really realize how much you were going to miss Harry until 1987 when he had that stroke. You remember that? And there yeah. were people that came in and guest broadcast for him. And it was – I think that he missed the whole first month of the season. People like Bill Murray came in and I think Bob Surratt had a shot uh-huh. at it and Brent Musburger and guys like that. <laughs> anyway, when he returned – I don't know if you remember this – it was a huge deal nationwide because WGN at that time was on the Superstation. Sure. And so everyone was watching Cubs games at night. And it was a national story when Harry Carey came back. It was such a national story that President Reagan called during the show. I do remember that. I, I do remember that. Yeah. Um, he said, uh, I just wanted to welcome you back. The Cubs need you. Baseball world needs you. The country needs you. You're great for baseball. And then he started talking about, you know, Nancy and his old broadcasting days. And then Harry, <laughs> this is the greatest thing ever. Harry didn't really seem to be paying attention to what the president said. Instead, he cut him off. He said, Mr. President, Bob Denier just singled and I've got to let you go. And then he hung up on him. <laughs> That's great. <coughs> um, didn't Reagan... Do Cubs? No, yeah, we just talked yeah. That so last they, week, right? yeah, they didn't. Uh, they obviously didn't stay mad at each other, or no. he, or you know, Reagan knew what he was getting into, but because he came the next year and did a whole inning with uh, Harry. But I just thought that's the funniest thing. I mean, who, who hangs up on the president of the United States? Harry uh, Carey. That's who. And 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 rightly so, because Bobby Denier just got a base hit. Yeah. First things first. Yeah. That, that's Cubs his job. By two in the seventh. All right, it's time for our final feature. A random name pulled out of Rick's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture, collection, selection, assemblage, medley, assortment, variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave. Okay, Dave, reach into that uh, Costco jar, pull out a celebrity name, and I will tell you the story of the day I met that celebrity. You know what? I don't think I know this one either. We've run into a couple that I don't Charmaine Carr? Charmian Carr. Charmian. Charmian Carr, okay. She was Liesel in The Sound of Music. Uh, Liesel's the, was she the Oh my hot God. This one? Are, this, she, was, all right. <clears throat> she was, she was the hot older one, right? Y- yeah, you know. <laughs> is that it? We're done? Is this the end? <laughs> I know that this is an embarrassing part of who I am, that my, yeah. my love of The Sound of Music is so intense. But let me try to explain to you how important this movie was to me. My father was from Austria. He came yeah. here from Austria. And so when the the movie came out, it was a huge deal in our family. And and if you remember right, in the days before uh, videotapes, the, the movie would come back out every few years and go to the theaters because that's how they, they would bring some of these movies back especially the big popular ones like The Sound of Music. And so every year that it came out, we would go to see the film. And it was a it was an important thing. And and then I went to Austria and I spent the summer living on that mountain where The Sound of Music was filmed. It was so it really meant meant a lot to me. Yeah, okay. Um but this story, <laughs> the Liesel story might be uh 
my favorite celebrity story of all time. Okay. Right? We're at uh-huh. episode number 41. And here's how it is. When I was working for Landecker, I told him, you know, that I love the sound of music. He used to make fun of me just like you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he hates musicals. Um, but anyway, Julie Andrews came into town and he brought me there and thought that he was going to embarrass me by saying that I, that I was in love with her, but I was never actually in love with Julie Andrews. Um, so it was not a big deal. I made it, you know, I, and I'll tell that story another time, the Julie Andrews story another time. Um, but as we were walking out, I made the mistake of telling John that the one I really loved was Liesl. That was the one that I had Uh, a deep crush on. That got your later hose in in a bunch. It did. It did. Um, who would have thought that the odds were that she would ever come to Chicago? I figured that was safe to say that, right? Well, it turns yeah, out a sure. few years later, she did come to Chicago, and she was uh, working at some uh, sh- uh, Sound of Music sing-along. Remember that used to tour the country? Yeah, and people would go. My, my mom and, and all of my aunts, they, I used to put on their dirndles, and they would go see it, and they'd all sing, sing along with all the songs and everything. And one time, Liesl came, and she was there. And John saw it in the paper and said, you got to book her. So I did. And I knew, I knew that when I booked her, that I was getting myself into, into right. a situation, right? Sure. And I knew more because every time I walked into the room after I booked her, the guys in, on the show would stop talking. <laughs> or they'd giggle. Or they'd look yeah, at me like, right. yeah, hey, yeah, you, you got that also. <laughs> so I knew something was coming, right? She showed up that morning. Now, I was, my palms were sweating. Really? I, 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 I swear to God, I, I was so uh, nervous. And I answered the door and she, I couldn't look her in the eye. Her her eyes are were so beautiful. These blue eyes, just gorgeous eyes. And I took her into the uh, green room and I started talking yeah. to her without, you know, without looking her in the face. Sure. And I said, uh, I should warn you that, uh, something's about to happen here with John and he knows right. that I love the movie and uh, I, I think he's about to do some sort of a stunt. That's all. That's all I know. Yeah. That's all I know. We get in the studio and John has transcribed the love scene between Liesl and Rolf right before they uh, start uh, singing uh, 16 going on 17. Uh, okay. Oh, uh, you know this movie so well, Dave. Sure. You know, the gazebo oh, yeah, scene. The love scene. So how, how old is she at this point? Uh, she's probably 20 years older than me or 15 years okay. older than me. So I was so in my 30s. Yeah, she's right, like, so, okay. all right. She looked fantastic. Okay. She really okay. did. She looked really great. And uh, we get on the air and, and John says, would you mind doing this scene with Rick? Because Rick is in love with you. Uh, yeah. And I, you know, I was just beat red. I was yeah. just completely embarrassed. And she said, okay, sure. And then, and then they cued the music, they played the music uh, and, and we both had the scripts in front of us. And suddenly I was Ralph and she was Liesl uh, and she said the words like, Oh, Ralph. And uh, I, I almost pissed myself. Really? <laughs> it, was so, it was like, Oh my God. 
or you may have done something else to yourself if you know what we're saying. <laughs> I was, was your was your little cake was the commandant saluting at that point? The commandant wasn't saluting. I was just <laughs> flustered. I was I was like sweating. I was like flop sweating. I was so excited. It was just one of the most wonderful moments of my of life. Your life. Huh. But don't tell John that because it will ruin the fun for him because he was hoping that it was just humiliating and embarrassing. Is she still alive? She just died a few months ago. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, excuse me. Okay. So that's uh, that's the sad end of the story. But Have you met all the other ones? I have okay. met uh, Louisa. That's uh, Heather Menzies. Uh, she was married to Robert Urich. Uh, and I believe Robert Urich is in the in your Costco bowl, so I won't tell you more about that. And I have met uh, Julie Andrews and Christopher Plummer, who was. Um, so you have. But I haven't done any love scenes with them. Just that one. The uh, the amount of useless information you have. Yeah. Centers what about the Cubs? Yeah. And Sound of Music. Is that pretty much if there was a game show that concentrated on. Cubs trivia and sound of music trivia. I could not be, be beaten. You, you don't think so? I challenge everyone in the world right now. So sound of music off. Sound of music and Cubs. Cub you have to be. You have to have knowledge of both. I challenge yeah, everyone a, in the world. That's a, that is a finite group of people right there. That is. There's not a lot of overlap there. Um, if you like Minutia Men with Rick and Dave, be sure to check out some of the other programs on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. They may not feature both Sound of Music and the Cubs, but there are some good ones out there, like... Well, we talked about it last week, the Wrapped in Plastic debut. Did you listen to that, Twin Peaks fan no, guy? No, there you no. Are? I, well, they no. did a thing on David Lynch. Fascinating. And again, I'm not even a Twin Peaks fan basically but it was really well done so well david lynch out. is a very interesting guy yeah um is he alive or yeah did he die? yeah he's i so, told you last week he's doing the new show oh that's right that's right yeah. that's, i have no short-term memory yeah. seven days ago is 70 years ago as far as i'm concerned i don't have any short-term memory a great talk radio isn't dead like dave's memory it has just moved to a better place radiomisfits.com to find out more about Rick and Dave, you can check us out at EckhartsPress.com and ChicagoAuthorSolutions.com. If you'd like to reach us, you can also drop us a line at MinutiaMenPodcast at gmail.com. We would like to thank our executive producer, Tony Lasana with Opie Productions. We're distributed by Ed Silla of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And we'll be back again for episode 42 of... 42, 42. What were we doing when we were 42 years old? Uh, I was, uh, well, you had a kid uh, still coming down from my, uh, my Charmian car love scene. <laughs> um, well, 42, that was 2005. That was white Sox world series for me. It was, well, tune in again next week. Maybe you can hear that story on minutia man. There you go. No, there he was sick. The proceeding was, was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Can't remember. Find Crap. other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at RadioMisfits.com. Still coughing. Thank you. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up?